Welcome to another Creative Spin Podcast. And on this episode, yeah, we went there. We went on to Star Wars. I just had to do that. So, you know, I've always been a fan of Star Wars since I was a little kid. Uh, but, you know, my memory isn't the best. I'm getting older. I can't remember stuff. So I decided, you know, let's let me bring in two of my friends, Mark and Adriel. I am not going to attempt to say their last names because, um, yeah, I'm a mess when it comes to, lane, uh, to names. So... This is just how I'm going to roll on this one. Um, and so I sat down with them. We had pizza. We had some uh, craft beer. We had some fun. Um, and we just, you know, we just started talking Star Wars. Initially, I thought it was going to be an episode that we were just going to touch on the last movies and The Mandalorian and, of course, Baby Yoda. But, you know, uh, like anything Star Wars, you always have to go back. You always kind of have to go back. Everybody knows about it, but everybody has their own opinion. And that's what I tried to get from these two guys because they are the quote-unquote experts on Star Wars. So the conversation was good. I hope you guys enjoy it. And let's hit that intro. Today's podcast is brought to you by Workplace One, a company offering boutique private offices, co-working spaces, and virtual office solutions, as well as meeting rooms in the best neighborhoods of Toronto and Kitchener-Waterloo. Ideal for entrepreneurs, companies, and passionate business people. Workplace One is where you want to be with your business. For more information, go over to WorkplaceOne.com. Welcome, guys. Welcome to the podcast. I mean, uh, we've been eating our pizzas and drinking our drinks, uh, non-alcoholic, obviously. Sure. Uh, and uh, <laughs> now we are going to talk about uh, Star Wars. Uh, I think it's fitting. We were just talking about uh, teaching. Uh, and I think Star Wars fits perfectly now with the uh, grand scheme of things. On some level, yeah. The, you, know, you know, if you do some comparisons... To the teaching profession and to the Star Wars franchise. Yes, absolutely. No, there's some tie-ins. Okay, there's there some is. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Adriel, welcome. Are you ready to to talk about uh, Star Wars? Yeah, I think I'm ready. And I think I think we're going to be talking a little bit more about the latest stuff. I think the mm-hmm. earlier movies, most people know about them, or should know about them, or should not know about them in some cases. Right. Yeah. If you know it or you don't know it at this point, that's on you. <laughs> To not know it, or it's good for you if you do, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's been a few months. How long has it been since the uh, the, the the last one came out? The, uh, two, the two months and a bit. The Rise of Skywalker yeah. was two months. In? Yeah, it was okay. like early December, mid December. All right, let me ask the question: How long have you guys been fans of Star Wars, Mark? I remember seeing it in the summer of 1977 at the Midland Drive-In when I was six years old. Are you guys doing your math at home? Are you guys doing your math? He's 33 years old. Hey, yes. That's how, that's how numbers work, yeah. yeah. That's how it works. And how was that experience? I mean, you know, for, for a young boy back then in the 70s, I mean, the, that was like huge. Oh, yeah. It was it was amazing. I remember that night. Actually, it was I was at the Midland Drive-In with my parents. And as soon as the two droids, C-3PO and R2-D2, appeared at the beginning of the movie, my mother says, I'm getting in the back seat. Mark, you're sitting in the front seat with your father, and then she fell asleep. That was it, eh? Yeah. That was it for and her. And me, it was popcorn <laughs> all night long watching that movie in the front yeah, seat. Eh? Yeah, yeah. 
Adriel, you. I'm going to say, so sometime vaguely 84, 85, because like, okay. you know, I showed up in 80, which was the year of Empire, but I only sort of became vaguely aware of it a couple years later. So you're like back. 19 right now. Yeah, yeah that's, like, that's more, again, with the numbers, that's how they work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, sometime in the early 80s, like a year or two after Jedi was out, I started to see it on VHS and TV and whatever and just absorb it as anybody else would. VHS for all the kids out there. Uh, those were those uh, rectangular things that you used Little to plastic put boxes inside that somehow... these holes that were under your TV. Yeah, And uh, once you pressed the button, images would appear in these boxes that were called TVs. It was magical. It was, yeah, pure yeah, magic. Pure magic. Um, so, I mean, how long did we have to wait until the... Uh, okay. Does any one of you guys, I have to ask this because I've never understood this question. Why episode four, five, and six? Why wait, did wait, wait. that one, ever two, happen? Three? One, two, three? Because no, four, no, five, no, six no, are no, the no. original. No, no. Why did they start with four, five, six? Oh, why they oh. start there? I think this is the big question for everybody. Why not start that's... with episode one? Yeah, why yeah. not? All right. Why, why did Mr. George Lucas decide to do that? You want to take this? I, I think. Get a little bit closer to the mic. Don't be afraid. The yeah, mic is not a droid. It's it's okay. The, Even if it is a droid, it might be the right kind of droid. I don't know. The idea behind, and I only heard stories about the first times they were shown uh, in L.A. Okay. That nobody had an idea what the story was about. Uh, I think he had the characters and the costumes nailed down so much. Like People were applauding when they first meet these characters they know nothing about. Mm -hmm. And when Darth Vader appeared on that ship, uh, Princess Leia ship right at the beginning, people just started booing. Uh, really? It's like, it. I, I heard stories about how... It, Who are these people? Jumped in <laughs> to these characters and loving and hating them as soon as they saw them on screen. Oh, so, they booed him because they knew he was the villain yes. and that was what they were supposed to do? Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay, but why four? Why episode four? What, like, what was the grand plan? Like, was the, he expecting to do then episode one, two, and three right after? Uh, the story I heard is that essentially... Because I've heard that. Yeah. He, he was envisioning such a grand, you know, storyscape for the first three episodes and the tech of the 70s wasn't able to allow him to produce it visually in the way that he would have liked so we started in episode four because it was more stripped down it was this like fallen world yeah easier enough to try to depict with 70s technology and okay. the grand scale of things that he was envisioning for the first three episodes wasn't available to him and then he got on top of it in the 90s when it was okay that kind of makes sense to me yeah. And 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 for these movies, I mean, he invented a lot of the tech that uh, that was actually used for the um, for the filming of it, right? Am I, am I, I believe he uh, did. I mean, off? like like Industrial Light and Magic is his tech company, which mm -hmm. I think was birthed during the production of the first three films okay. and pioneered most of the technology involved. But I I don't know for sure. I'm yeah. sure there there's going to be people on the comment section. No, uh, they'll so be all over. You were yeah. absolutely wrong, Adriel. And hey, you that's have fine. No Listen, I. That's okay. Anybody can trump me on listen. We're just the technical having history. a conversation instead yeah. of doing this upstairs in the couch, you know, and and having some some fun. We're having the fun down here and mm -hmm. and recording it. That's that's the whole thing. Now, I mean, the technology wasn't there, and then years later, uh, apparently he thought the technology was there, mm -hmm. and here come episodes one, two, and three. Yeah. <laughs> was the technology there, Adriel? I mean, it was there, but D can you uh, can you see? Well, the digital sense the tone of uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, the digital I'm technology was at his disposal, and he could present the visual uh, <laughs> section of the world that he was aiming for, which was nice. But that was about all. Like the, the sec episodes one, two, three are largely just in him getting off on how much he can show you with his digital tech. But in terms of character development or narrative. 
pretty weak. I think that's. And a this was like I'm looking at the dates here. Though. So they they came out in 99. like 99, 02, and 05. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But remember, before episodes one, two, and three were the dreaded special editions in 97. Yeah, where he tested oh. out his digital technology yeah. by adding all of these little things into every single original movie. Yeah, destroying them, right? Yeah, like, no, not destroying <laughs> them, but, <laughs> but like adulterating them. You might put it that yeah. way, particularly with the Han shot first. Whole shit with <laughs> yeah. Greedo. Yeah, yeah, you can swear it. It's okay. Yeah. This, the force is okay with us here. Very good. Right? Um, Aiden Christensen's face over, <laughs> right. over <laughs> at the end of Jedi. Yeah. yeah. Oh Why? yeah, that's right. Yeah. Why? Yeah, that was that was not nice. That was just not nice. Um, I mean, w- the first question, and I had mentioned this to you guys upstairs the, when I was writing my my little. Uh, you know, my little notes here, because unlike you guys, I'm terrible with names. I'm terrible with dates. I'm terrible with everything. Let's put it there. I don't know. What am I, what am I doing here? Uh, <laughs> I'm good at asking questions. That's why I'm here. Okay, Adriel? Come on, man. No, I get it. Um, so one of the, the first questions that kind of popped into my head, like, what am I going to ask about episode one, two, and three is why? Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a need for those episodes? Like, if let's say somebody has never watched... Uh, Star Wars. They're starting off right now. Where, what, what do we need to actually watch in in those movies that makes sense? A student asked me just okay. last week. I said, start with Rogue One, mm. then go to A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Okay, that why Rogue One, the first one. It leads. Right it's, it into, leads beautifully into the movie from '77. Yeah, beautifully. But then won't that confuse the person? Like uh, now I'm thinking more on, on a technical aspect, right? Because you're going from a today's mm-hmm. quote unquote kind of movie into a 70s movie. And that's, I mean, I know when, when my kids watched the first movies or episode four, five and six, yeah. they were like, oh, okay. Uh, you know, they weren't too impressed. Well, because they were used to far more extensive digital effects from anything they've seen before that, right? But I guess if you warn people, just be careful, those 70s just, ones. And right, just remember yeah. they're 40-something years old. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay being 40, man. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. Even though I'm 20-something. Oh, I mean, right. But I mean, ima- we can get ourselves there by way of imagination. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So Rogue One. T- let's talk about Rogue One. Oh, okay, there were two spin-offs. I guess, do we call them spin-offs? Which? Or, or the standalones? Standalones? Yeah, standalones. Is it, is it yeah. standalones? Right, yeah. Because Rogue just One to, and, like, and, and Solo. Yes, they're trying to do stories that integrate into the already established narrative, right? Okay. Yeah. So... Thoughts about that one? Rogue One. Mark. Oh, excellent. Yeah? Hands down, one of the best movies of the new Star Wars era. Why? The way they... Mark, get closer to the droid, man. The droid will not bite you. The way way that they incorporated the worlds of Star Wars without overdoing it. Okay. Uh, So you see hints of characters here and there throughout the the movies. C-3PR2, just at the end, like just mm-hmm. because there was a base. Uh, Yavin was mentioned at the end, and so they're there. So it's just little teasers here and there, but all the characters are standalone characters, and the movie was solid as as a whole. And what do you think about the um, the, uh, the the actors that they, they chose to play um, to play the roles, the, the main roles? I mean, we In had... Rogue One? In Rogue One, yeah, yeah, we had uh, Felicity Jones. I have here, yep. I have all yeah, my yeah. notes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, Diego Luna, uh, they did a. I think they did an amazing job. They did a very and they good job. Fit yeah. really, really well with the mm-hmm. characters. Even though they, I mean, Diego, he's been in in a lot of uh, movies and, and TV shows. But I, I honestly, I didn't know 
about Felicity. I, I don't know if you guys knew about her. Vaguely. Unless she was in that Stephen Hawking biopic earlier. Yeah. Um, forget the name of it, but yeah. So, good choices there? or I think so, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, was enjoy- I enjoyed what they did. It was Each character was sort of well-drawn, and the movie just sort of seamlessly inserted itself into the larger narrative and gave you some fan service slash some just good storytelling. I think that when it comes to actors, I think there was always like this, um, you know, this being careful choosing actors that weren't uh, too known to the general Well, yeah, right. That's a tradition in Star Wars, yeah. But then Solo comes around. Uh And I think Solo was like, Here's like a whole bag of yeah, but that's under Disney's ownership, so they have different priorities. Okay, so I was gonna, I was gonna say, so do you think Disney is the one that's changing all of that in in that aspect, trying to get more of the better known actors and actresses? They're blending, and I mean, like, was Daisy Daisy Ridley much of a name before Force Awakens? Right, so they still held on to a little bit of that casting tradition, but also made sure to insert enough people who were well recognized for. I mean, all of their decisions seem to be driven by what's going to maximize the box office take. Uh, yeah. Sometimes at the expense of the narrative, or many times. But they but at least retained some of the traditional casting approach in uh, episode 8. No, sorry. 7. <laughs> this is where it gets complicated math. Seven. Yeah. Uh, but in, in Solo, what do you think? Even though they brought more known, mm-hmm. uh, established names to, to, the, to, to the roster, how was it? What did you think? It was a nice one-off. It was entertaining. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't. It didn't blow my mind, but it was fun. Yeah. And uh, the guy they cast as Solo, I think, was himself kind of an unknown, or at least not super high profile. It wasn't super high profile. Yeah. Uh, your explanation in, in the fact that it didn't really do too well in the box office. We were talking about this mm-hmm. just a little bit ago. You think it was too close to the... Five months after uh, The Last Jedi, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the Last Jedi was not the favorite one of the last well, group. Right? It was polarizing. You put it that way, right? <laughs> it, it, it generated some very polar reactions, and I get it. I enjoyed it quite a bit, but I also understand those, uh, you know, long-term Star Wars fans who found it intolerable. Um, but again, the problem there is that as it took all these risks, and I think Ryan Johnson's, Johnson did some pretty interesting stuff, but Disney didn't give the run of that trilogy to any set person or group. Mm-hmm. So the net result is just kind of incoherent because they didn't have a plan to start with. And if you're going to do three movies that are supposed to be a tight unit, you need to have people that you trust and say, listen, design these movies, execute them. So we'll stand back and maybe make some tweaks here and there, but we're not going to intrude ceaselessly, which it seems is what they did. And they let uh, Abrams do the first one. And then when it's done, it's like, all right, so who do we put in now? And where's mm. it going to go now? Those questions should be settled way before. Yeah, especially and as if a, you're doing a trilogy. Yeah, right? right. You're doing a trilogy that's supposed to wrap up this narrative arc that began in 77 that so many people are invested in. It takes such a kind of messy or sloppy approach to it. Mm-hmm. It was a bad move. And I mean, you can see they're moving mostly now to TV series because they've realized they've alienated a lot of their base by the way they did this trilogy yeah. and uh they had all these other movies in mind but they seem to have scaled that back because they're just like they're trying to recalibrate after the the mess in terms of at least the organization of the artistic end of it okay. with uh 789 but do you think it uh, you know going back to to the last Jedi, do you think it it tied in with the previous movie the uh what is it the force awakens force awakens did it did it tie in well with it do you think it it tied in well because i know i know it didn't tie in well with the last one Right. No. I mean, the last one was kind of like trying to catch up to all of these ideas and put everything into one box. Do you agree? Oh, it was. Yeah. But that. Totally. Ru- yes. Sorry. No, <laughs> it's OK. We pass yeah. the ball around. It's all, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But OK. So these 
let's talk more about these last three movies. I mean, I think they should have learned their lesson a little bit better with uh, episode four, five, and six. Why do you think this happened? Like, it, was it because of Disney that yeah. it came in? Yes, yes, it was. Okay, elaborate more on that, not, Mark. Not, I know you're you're well, like oh, I want to talk about this. Passing the torch back and forth. I mean, the first movie. That's I have to refer to. Well, George Lucas was fully in charge of mm-hmm. A New Hope, and then the reins were passed to Lawrence Kasdan, who followed up with Empire and and Return of the Jedi. Uh, so he didn't have full control over all, but uh, the jumping back and forth between Abrams to Johnson and back to Abrams to kind of fix Johnson's mess. You can see that's what mm-hmm. what was going on in, in The Rise of Skywalker. Right, even with different directors in the first three movies, Lucas was still sort of the yeah. creative you know, head. And so they would have to confer and be a bit of a team. Do you and think it, his, his like over control on, on, on where the movies are going to go, do you think that was the issue? Like that, that, Lucas? Yeah. Well, that was the issue with one, two, three. Yeah. Not with yeah. four, five, six. With four, five, six. Also, so George, what was the big difference? I mean, we're talking about the same guy here, right? Different point in his career. In one, two, three, okay. he's the king. Everybody defers to him. Nobody wants to piss George off. Nobody wants to offend him in any way. Anything so he says is, is like, gospel yes. truth. Okay. So you just so. bow down to Lucas and let it happen. Mm. And the result is episodes one, two, and three, right? With mm-hmm. uh, four, five, six, he's a major player, but he has to work with a team of other creatives. He's not as big a deal then as he was later. And so he has to take input and delegate jobs to people who are better at different things, like dialogue writing and directing. He's a concept guy. He's good for sort mm-hmm. of like stepping back and mapping out the whole universe. But he's not, he's horrific at dialogue. He sucks at it. And, yeah. and hence Jar Jar. Yeah, Banks. right. Jar Jar and all of the like garbage dialogue with Padme and Anakin, which is just like revolting. <laughs> and that could have been a really compelling storyline. And they, I mean, they messed it up completely. Like that, what a great back opportunity to do a backstory of such a, you know, a fall from grace character. But instead, the romance is scarcely believable. It's cringeworthy at every turn. The relationship between Kenobi and, and Anakin is taken care of in one elevator conversation. Like, that's it? True, hey, remember that's that, right. Remember that time we did that thing? Yeah, cool. Anyway, we're best buds. Let's keep going. How about give me, I don't know, an hour worth of character development where the two of them, like, I can believe that they care this much about another, each other. And then when it goes to shit on Mustafar, mm. it matters. Yeah. But from those three movies, one, two, and three, what is, hands down, the worst one? Two. Mark. Two. Two. Two? two? Yeah. yeah. Why? Too much dialogue, talking, politics. Right. Star Wars fans love politics. Oh, trade agreements. Mm, let, let's go. Racism against the Chinese. Lay it in. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. That trade federation to episode one and two is like super racist. It's not good. Where should have, what should have they done? Uh, like what was, in, in your opinion, what, what should have happened in these movies? The, the cool characters. He was more interested in plot and story. Mm. Here he has Django Fett. And, and, and so much... Like you can see with what Disney's doing now, focusing on I was just the say, cool characters. So he had the chance there, yeah, and he just kind of just brushed it, and he didn't really care much about yeah. it. And then, I think in that sense, Disney now looked at it and goes, "Hey, we we have something here," and uh, and you know now we have eight episodes of The Mandalorian, which I mean, it could be better, but it's a pretty damn good series it is yeah. yeah because it's long-form storytelling right and they've given it to more competent artists to take care of like john favreau etc but let's go back to jar jar banks yeah. <laughs> well i mean if we have to because i mean okay do you think if that if these episodes though i mean episode one two and three if they were done today with all of the technology that we have now 
in which you can barely see notice a difference between CGI and, and real actors. And like we've gotten to that point nowadays. Do you think it would have worked? Or is it just a story issue? It's if it's character and story. It was I mean both, it might have been right? you might have tweaked the visuals a little bit, but if you still have the same guy designing the dialogue and the characters, it would be the same effect. Mm. Just it would look better. Mark, what do you think? Oh yeah. Jar, Jar Jar had no place. He's a like, disaster. He, he yeah. just disappeared. It what? In three? What happened to what the was, guy? Didn't become a? Are there any well, so, I mean, so at that point, the hatred was so widespread among the fandoms that they senator? had him. Yes, they yeah. had him right, which is so improbable in itself. But they had him essentially facilitate Palpatine's rise to autocracy as a mild apology for having him there in the first place. <laughs> yeah, it's like you have never seen him. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I would do a Jar Jar voice, but also I can't bring myself to it no no it's okay i I don't think our listeners need that nobody needs that no no matter i mean i i can only imagine somebody running on a treadmill listening to this podcast you doing that voice and that would turn yeah that's you're losing you're losing subscribers if that's what's going on so rise of skywalker Mm -hmm. still fresh in our minds mark i um, totally enjoyed it i thought it was what did you like most about it the tying in Everything from before, like uh, right down to the last scene where she, Ray, is is on Tatooine, bearing the uh, the lightsabers back at that that uh, homestead of Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, where it all began. That mm-hmm. just like floored me. Yeah. At the end, that, that was actually gonna, pretty good. Yeah. I like nice part. visual completion. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. I, What's the bad and the ugly? Come on, Adriel. Well, it's a rush job, right? Okay. That movie's a huge rush job because, again, they didn't have the same person or team of people behind all three of the movies. And if you're doing a trilogy, which that means it's essentially a single movie in three parts. Why would you take a single movie and then give it to three different, or, well, two different directors and a bunch of different scriptwriters that don't talk to each other over a span of years? It's, it was entertaining. Like, I'm not going to say it wasn't entertaining. You feel that they could have... But it felt they rushed they, and... Okay. Could they have cut out certain parts and just made it a little bit tighter? Uh, of a movie or do you think that they should have expanded a little bit more and probably and I know this whole trilogy thing but should they have not made a fourth movie instead of of trying to cram everything into this one and trying to finish everything off on this one yeah they committed to the trilogy format right? yeah off of four five six one two three okay seven eight nine but there was just so much there was so much but the main reason they were rushing so hard in that last movie is because it was not like the trilogy needed to be designed by a single person or team mm-hmm. and since it wasn't by the time he handed it back to abrams after ryan johnson alienates the fandom it's a bit of a scramble it still produces a movie that's entertaining and has some you know like that last shot on tatooine was awesome but yeah it has a rushed feeling which is one guy coming in like oh okay what do i do now i only have one movie mm. why can't you just give those three films which are one film in three parts to a single person or team that you trust and let them produce something cohesive Okay. Yeah. No, I, I I fully agree. Mark, do you agree with that too? I like your idea of a two-part finale, kind of like pulling mm. a J.K. Rowling with the Harry Potter. Yeah. Taking the last book and making it two movies. Because Palpatine, that story could have been explained. Apparently, it was filmed. They're not putting it in the uh, extended yeah, that's, minutes that's, you were just saying DVD that uh, that's coming out next month. I, I actually had heard that they were coming out with that. So the, apparently that's that's like not, not People a thing. were hoping it'd be a three-hour DVD right. release. It is not. What do we mm. make of the claim that... So there's, there's a couple of YouTubers who just like rant endlessly about the death of this franchise and they're like, they're so angry. And little bits of what they say I can sort of think has some merit, but the rest of it's a bit much. But um, bringing back Palpatine cheapens Vader's accomplishment in Jedi. 
Okay. That was the claim. So here's the wrap up. Where, How does that work out? So here's, you know, he's been seduced by Palpatine. His son redeems him. And then he finally sort of puts an end to this Dark Lord who had swayed him, mm-hmm. Anakin, by tossing him down the, you know, the shaft in the Death Star and bringing an end to that. And so he's, he's redeemed himself, etc. And then so the claim by some of these people is that if you bring Palpatine back, it's like, oh, actually, you know, he's, he's still here. It's fine. It means that what Anakin did doesn't matter all that much. Hmm. True, I guess. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Hmm. <laughs> we hmm. got Mark thinking yeah. here. The, the the return of Palpatine I, I read was all about bringing, bringing all nine to a closure. Uh, mm. That not much was brought back from episodes one, two, and three, but he was. And so you have this character from episode one needing to to get into chapter nine, the ninth movie, and and bringing final closure, uh, and that's why he was introduced into nine, brought back for nine. Yeah. So well, yeah. I guess the question becomes like, what's the thing that? What's the centerpiece of all nine movies? And they keep talking about bringing balance to the Force. That's what Anakin was supposed to do. He was mm-hmm. a prophecy chosen one to bring balance to the Force. What that even means is never thoroughly explained. And, okay, and if the Skywalker clan is supposed to bring balance to the Force, okay, yeah, as long as that happens by the end of the nine movies, it's fine. Does Palpatine need to come back for that? I don't know, maybe, but well, what even is balance? Well, then we find out and through this movie the connection, obviously, that Ray has with uh, Palpatine, obviously, bringing Grandpa and not yeah. going, uh, you know, he never went by uh, Christmas time or anything like that. He was right. he was a bad grandpa. Pl- pl- plus, <laughs> and, uh, plus the like uh, the thought of Palpatine reproducing the concrete. That has of that is pretty. Gross. That has been uh, questioned yeah. uh, by many people and myself included. Why why'd you make me imagine that? Like why? <laughs> I'm gonna have nightmares right now, and yeah. uh, I might have another beer That's after fair. this. Yeah. But you know. What about Kylo Ren? Kylo Ren and Rey. Good I mean, char- these, Kylo's a great character. It, it's a great character, but I kind of felt like <sighs> he was so indecisive throughout uh, throughout the movies. He wanted to be the good guy. The, well, never the good guy, but he wanted to be the bad guy because he wanted to show Dad that he wasn't the good guy. Like, it was such a, a roller coaster of I want to be bad because I want to be like my grandfather, and that, but I I actually feel like I'm a good guy, but I I'm a bad guy, but now I like Ray, so I gotta be a good, so confusing. And and at the end, it almost felt like they I don't know. This is my opinion, but it almost felt like you know that that scene where he is let's say quote unquote reunited with Han Solo, his dad. And he goes, ah, you know, I shouldn't have done that. Kill you, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That little... Sorry about killing you. Sorry about that. Like, why wouldn't you just do that, you know, before killing him? Like, why would you even kill him? Like, you know what I mean? I I just felt like... He's like like, angsty teen. I mean, that's what Kylo is, right? True. That doesn't excuse him murdering his own father, but... But Princess Leia, I mean, if she had the power to do what she did at the end, why did she only do it at the why end? Why did she wait not... that long? Yeah. yeah, why did she wait that long? Because it wasn't the same person scripting all the movies. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I thought it, was, it might have been like a divorce settlement. No, I don't on. think no. there's any kind of coherent narrative okay. reason. It's just like sloppy production. Like I want to split my things. I'm, I'm going to keep We can We shapes. can do all sorts of gymnastics to try to explain okay. it, but I think ultimately it's a result of Disney's choices in terms of who's running the show. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know, that scene there to me is like, okay, she did that, um, and, and I felt, it, that's the only part I felt a little bit, uh, like, it was a bit forced, like, they just killed her off, and I get it, because, I mean, poor lady's oh. been dead for a they while, they had to work with, yeah, so, 
and I, I kind of get that, but I felt like, okay, if she could have done this, if like, why wait until now? Why do this now? I don't know. What do you guys think about that whole scene, that well, whole aspect? The, the using up of her life force, because uh, when Jedis die, they disappear. Mm. Obi-Wan Kenobi gets killed. He disappears. Yoda passes. He disappears right away. But why didn't she do it before? She, she doesn't disappear. Which, uh, if you go back to the oh, movie, yeah, that's right. okay, she's yeah. under the... She co- does she, later, though, right? Yes. But they cover her up because they sh- think she's dead. Because the line was, she knows what she has to do. Yeah. And essentially, she passes her force powers to Rey. Yeah. Uh, Rey is... To Rey? No, sorry. To Kylo? Sorry, I mean, to Kylo. And but my, converts him in the process, no? Yes. So, Why not do that earlier? Yeah. Yeah. So, because knowing that this is going to use up all of her life force... She doesn't do it until the very end because she knows what she has to do now. So is it like her last... She she, sees it as a last resort kind of thing? Was she banking on him converting of his own accord earlier? And then when he wouldn't, it's like, all right, I'm going to die converting you? Yeah. Like, that's what it it looked Mm. like to me. I mean, and and he suddenly has the force healing power. Yeah. Is this Rey... uh, Sorry, is this Leia acting through Kylo? Uh, that whole scene. Who is doing oh, everything at the end? I never thought about that. That's is, right. Is this Leia acting, just simply giving Kylo her powers of the Force? Or is it Kylo on his own using his mother's Force powers that she's passed on to him? Finally, when he dies, that's when her body disappears under the cloak. Mm-hmm. So she's not ah. dead when everyone thinks she's dead under the uh, under so the shroud. Been, I never like thought about that. him until that yeah, point? Yeah, yeah. Puppeteering or, or just... Supporting him, yeah. With her force powers, yeah, yeah, yeah. so... But what about the connection between these two characters, like Kylo Ren and Rey? They obviously have this special way of communicating. I mean, uh, they're uh, they're probably on the new 5G uh, network. At least. Because uh, it's awesome. Least, I mean, yeah. these guys can essentially... Definitely 7G. Oh, Definitely 11, 7G. Let me grab the beer that's on your side of... Yeah, like... How does this happen? How is how is this even happening? They never explain any of this stuff. Uh, we haven't seen it in any other uh, character, uh, or have we? Am I wrong to assume that? That kind of direct force communication across yeah. distance? The the 7G. Not that I can yeah. immediately think no? of, no. Let's call it the 7G. Let's call it the 7G. Yeah. 7G. Yeah. I think it's a good a good name for it. I mean, um, and but did, what it, she, did she want to see Topless Kylo? On some level, I guess. Yeah, mind I you, mean, the, I mean the kiss at the end was nonsense. Like, there was no build up to that at all. It was like, there was like, oh well, let's do this because it's a movie. Oh really? Like, Why now? Okay, um, and and that begs the question: um, Would they be able to do it when the other one wasn't expecting? Is this like how, how, how about privacy? Like, what's going on here? Well, yeah, he does just sort does of this happen when he's in the shower, when she's in the shower. Like, what's going on? Yeah, one of them initiates. Yeah, right. And the other one has to be like, "Oh, okay, you're here. Let me here. I'll adjust. open the door right now. Okay, come yeah. on in." Uh, I don't know. This is kind of confusing to me. I don't know. I'm trying to make sense of this, yeah. but you know, these are questions that as I'm sitting down at the theater, I'm going, "Is this going to be the next iPhone? I don't know. Is is this what's going to happen? Possibly." Um, okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> let's move on to the TV series, The Mandalorian. Side note, though. Okay. Um, what do we make of the claim, and I think this is fair, that Ray was too awesome too soon? There was no arc for her. There's no development. There's no learning journey. She's just amazing. And then she gets even more amazing. She can pilot the Falcon. She's kick-ass with weapons. That's because she's a Palpatine. Yeah, but like, who cares mm. about a character who's amazing from the get-go? Like, Why do I want to follow her? That's the end of her story, if anything. Like with Luke, if Luke was amazing on Tatooine, then he's boring. Yeah. 
I kind of see I see where you're getting to, but I, I think they just didn't want to have to go through the whole character development. Why not? You side. got three movies. Do it. Okay, <laughs> you're introducing a, a character for three movies, and you want us to be at the peak of her development at the beginning. I know, right? So, okay, some of the uh, here's the lightsaber. Oh, boom! I know what the hell to do with this. Yeah, some uh, some of the outrage, uh, which I think is is misguided to a lot to a large extent, but some of the outrage on on you know fandom Twitter etc. and, and mm-hmm. YouTube is they believe that. Um, in the desire to, and this is a legitimate desire, in the desire to sort of correct for patriarchy where all the women are in subservient positions and have no agency and all the men are just amazing. You want to offset that a bit, and legitimately, but even Lucas did that a bit with Leia at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, she's being rescued by Han and Luke, but she's kind of the agent of her own deliverance. So she's yeah. not she a gives damsel in distress. Of a, she kind of get, right, yeah. exactly. So that was already in the tradition. It needed to be expanded, and, you know, patriarchal stuff needs to be offset legitimately, but... There's like an overcorrection where, especially in Last Jedi, every male character is kind of reduced to this inf- infantile boy who needs to be shown yeah. how to do everything by the women. Mm-hmm. And the women are spectacular. And not that the women shouldn't be in those positions of strength, but it's just this like simplistic, all the men are children and all the women are mothers correcting them. Mm. And in a desire like that Kathleen Kennedy, I'm sure, wanted to pursue, and it's legitimate. You see that t-shirt of hers, the, the force is female or the future is female. And there's, there's some, that's worthwhile motivation and but in their in their earnest desire to offset the patriarchy you end up reducing all the male characters to these sort of like children and and all the female characters have no arc yeah they're just kick-ass and awesome from the get-go it's like well why is that interesting true i guess yeah we should have a little bit more of a of a character development when it comes to that yeah mark anything else you want to add to these uh to the movies i still want to know what finn wanted to say to ray oh yeah what was that um I have. Oh. oh, I have. I'm force sensitive, right? Because he displayed all those powers later, in that movie. It was never revealed. No, he had something to talk to her about. Right. It wasn't clear what she he said, but then later he displays a degree of force power. Maybe that's what he wanted to tell her. Slash, more scandalous things. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. There's probably going to be another movie coming around soon. Just mm-hmm. explain that, and there'll be probably a two and a half hour one. Yeah. Uh, now moving on to the Mandalorian, Mark. I know you're a fan. Oh, you yeah. like it. The timing so. of the episode that came out before the rise of Skywalker, how the thir- the release dates were Friday nights mm-hmm. uh, of The Mandalorian, but because of the Friday release date of The Rise of Skywalker, they pushed it up to Wednesday because the whole appearance of Force healing mm. makes its appearance in The Mandalorian two days before we see that there's such thing as force healing in the rise of Skywalker. So, so that was, there a was very, you know, timed effort and, yes. and, and to, to bring that in. So people aren't watching the movie thinking, what are they doing? Oh, it just happened. And it's well, been, and, in, and they're assuming that everybody's watching the Mandalorian too. And they would be. And right? they would be. That's a good marketing move to make your Absolutely. full enjoyment of the movie dependent on watching another Disney product. So what did you think overall? The uh, These eight episodes, uh, some people and, and some of them, I know they were just complaining that, oh, this was too short. I wanted more. In a way, that's a good sign. I guess pe- people wanted to see more and, and were kind of like hungry for more because it was a good quality show. I think it was. Uh, Mark, um, in terms well, of storyline, in terms of the way they, they, they crafted this. Well, the production, think? the amount that went into it, it astounds me that every single episode of The Mandalorian equaled what they spent on each episode of Game of Thrones. Wow. 
So that the money that but went you could into tell, that, though. yeah, but you can tell, yeah, this I mean, essentially these, these is episodes, a movie. There were made movies, for television, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. there were absolute movies. No, yeah, for sure. What well, it's the benefit of having all the endless money that Disney has. And what do you think? Uh, what do you think of the uh, of the storyline? Like, did they go and pick up the the right character to develop the Mandalorian? Oh yeah, uh, this was this was their idea that changed from a Boba Fett movie, mm-hmm. which maybe they went away from because. Everyone, I guess, didn't enjoy Solo. Mm-hmm. And everyone was talking about in the past how there should be a Boba Fett movie. But they made Solo instead. They left out even Boba Fett uh, from that because they know each other from their rapport in, uh, uh, in, in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Uh, so the, uh, the idea that they're just taking another character from the same planet uh, and that idea that... that George didn't do enough paying attention to Mandalorians in mm-hmm. episode two. Let's just take a Mandalorian and... They deserved more. Yeah, oh yeah. That was the bottom line, right? Oh, yeah. And what do you think about all getting in all, to, uh, all the details in? Like, they're, they're, now we're, we're seeing these guys as, you know, they're a religion, basically, right? They, they, mm. they're yeah, a, there's, a, there's a code. There's a not almost a cultish quality about them, but not quite, yeah. What do you think of that? Like, did, did they do a good job on it? Like, do you think, do you wish you want to see more, less? Like, what's your take on it? I'm not, I think, to be fully conversant with what the Mandalorians are supposed to be, you need to be a little more familiar with the extended universe than I am. But mm. it's clear that there was a whole, like, established long-term culture there that they're trying to tap into. And it was intriguing. If I knew more background on what the Mandalorians are, then yeah. I might benefit from it even but more. But there, even even without that, it's still enjoyable. Is there enjoyable. enough, enough uh, backstory to them? I think there's a lot, this? but I mean, how much of it survived Disney's redefinition of what Star Wars canon is, I'm not sure. But there was apparently quite a lot of you know, extended universe books and literature and all about who the Mandalorians are and what their role is. And what about Baby Yoda? Amazing. Everybody's talking about... Uh, yeah, 50-year-old Baby Yoda. 50-year-old? Right? 50-year-old. Yeah, most youthful 50-year-old. What do you think about that? Mark, I'm into it. Yeah. Well, that was uh, that was a jaw dropper at the end of episode one. Yeah, when he finds him in the the baby basket, and the immediate reaction is, "What the hell are they doing now?" Also, is just, that Yoda? Yeah, no. Or is that just one of Yoda's it's, kind? It's yeah. one of Yoda's kind because yeah. this takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yoda dies, so this is another one of especially. And when you look at the whole Star Wars universe. Yoda is the only one species that has never been defined. So one of the questions I saw uh, floating around is, is it a reincarnation Yeah, that's right. In which case Yoda. it kind of is Yoda, but maybe not. Maybe it's just his species from who knows where. But Because that's the other thing that's floating yeah. around is that there's a whole planet of these Where are they from, creatures. though? I mean, where we've are they been from? promised more for season two. Well, more, of more of that species? Yeah. I guess, oh, I, I, yeah. guess I guess these questions are going to be answered on in mm-hmm. the show. And then that's why they're going to keep on recording them. But yeah, uh, yeah it, it's it's kind of. I think it would be an interesting take to see a baby Yoda actually being Yoda. And for me, it would be interesting as well as he grows older. Even though he's fifty, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what he's eating. Remember, yet. it's the child. It could be a she. Mm-hmm. True, it's yeah, the true. child. Hmm. I don't know how you differentiate the male from female of whatever Yoda is, but yeah. <laughs> Depends on the years, man, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> is there, where do you have to look? To, anyway, whatever. Fine. Yeah, no. Listen, uh, let's not get into that. Yeah. That's a whole different bag of surprises right there. Uh, did, uh, did the Mandalorian check? No. Uh, okay, no, never mind. Off camera, maybe? I don't know. 
Did he change the diaper? I mean, it's Possibly. a child. He's always leaving it in the ship. I know. That's a little bit careless, right? Yeah. Like, okay, this guy goes on for a walk and they're like, where's the baby, dude? Like, <laughs> oh, it'll be fine. He'll be Playing fine. around with this little silver ball and swallowing it and choking to death. It'll, it'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> no. Neglect. It's neglect. No. So, um,. What do you want to see in The Mandalorian in the next season? What's like a, a wish list, bucket list of wishes that you'd like to see, Mark? Well, they, we are getting back to the planet that Yoda's originally from. If okay. they're promising more Yoda-like characters that are going to appear in season two, obviously The Mandalorian gets E.T. home. Okay. And how is that going to tie in with the movies? This is set after episode six. Yes, this yeah. is Mandalorian's five years after Return of the Jedi. And there's a pretty big gap between six and seven. No? Yes, yeah. yes. So, 30 years? Something like that. So it doesn't yeah. have to dovetail directly into seven yeah. necessarily. Yeah. No? If there's, I mean, it can have a storyline I mean, that goes for a couple of years and then there's still multiple years before the I mean, if these are creatures time. that are fully integrated with the whole force. Yeah, I but they didn't make any appearance in 789, right? And there was no mm. none of Yoda's species in 789. Yeah, the species isn't even named by in the Star Wars universe. Ever. No, yeah. What Yoda's species is. Right. That's interesting. Why, did they, why do you think they chose that? That's some mysticism like, to it, right? Yoda's like yeah. the height of Jedi mysticism, I guess. If he has no point of origin or concrete community that he belongs to, it's almost like he's just emergent from the Force itself. Okay, that's, yeah. a, that's a nice perspective. Yeah. People used to think he was... From Dagobah, but no, he's just living his hermit life at the end of his life on Dagobah. Having fled there following the disaster. Because he's yeah. how old by then? 900, 900 yeah. 900, As he declares, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know if it's true or not. I wasn't there. That's what he says. Yeah, that's what he says. Um, so, more movies, no more movies. Do you uh, think that in 10 years from now, somebody's going to reboot something? Do you want to see a reboot? Do you think they need to do a reboot? Just... Stay still, don't do anything. Like, what's your opinion? I think they're going to lean into the series more because they've not done particularly well with, in terms of box office take with seven, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly the the most recent one. I don't have the, the stats, but it took a big hit okay. pretty quickly. Like, its box office didn't endure the way that they wanted. Mm-hmm. So they've oversaturated us with movies, and they have done kind of a sketchy job with the movies for like old timey fans. Uh, so they're probably going to lean more into things like The Mandalorian that they're getting better ratings on, where they have the breathing room for long-form storytelling and character development, and they give it to more competent people to design, like Favreau. So if they realize that that's going to retain the fandom that hasn't been totally alienated, they'll probably stick with that, at least for a while. There is a release date for December 2022. Of what? Of a Star Wars movie. Oh. That's set. But otherwise, like, details... Uh, Something was announced this week. And okay. it's just simply an unnamed project. They've they've what assigned a writer and a director. That was announced a few days ago because on the books, because now they're going for the every uh, every two or did were they going to leave it three this time? Because it used to be every two. Yeah. But I know that I think they said December 2020, 2022. Hmm. There is something set for release. But isn't this one of those uh, sagas or storylines that? You know what? We've we've had so many movies now, so many things. Do you still think that there's enough there to keep people watching? Isn't you know because my theory is you know uh, movies and and TV series they can be good, but sometimes you need to know when to back off well, and just, just let them be. Disney only realizes they have to back off when they've gone too far. 
right. when they don't make enough money. When they don't make right? enough money, they've yeah. oversaturated the market. Like, oh, crap. Okay, we'll, we'll back off. Oh, no. But Who, it's, it's whose never... idea was this? You're right. Um, they want to squeeze as much out of their, four, what was it, $4 billion investment as they possibly can. And they've already made that back, I'm sure. But say, like any corporate entity, yeah. they're so addicted to their bottom line that they'll just keep going forever. And Diego Luna is back with a Star Wars series on Disney Plus. That's the no. next. That's the next series What's that's that coming out. Called? Who's uh, say anything? Diego Luna. Uh, it's a pre, it's a pre Rogue One. Oh, did he? Story. Oh, he was yes. in Rogue One. Yep. Is it his character? Is his yes, character? Cassian. It's yeah, yeah. Cassian, Cassian is the center of the series. Cassian series is okay. the next Star Wars plan for Disney Plus. Hmm. So that is a definite. And right now it's being thrown back and forth between the next movie, not the next movie, because 2022 is not the uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie that got shifted to Disney Plus, which it's is on into high a series. Into a, a series. series. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they've See, gone from that makes sense movie to, be a series. to series yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. With, with uh, what uh, Ewan McGregor has said. Mm. And he's refuted the idea that it's been canned, uh, that it's just on hiatus for some script rewrites and, and work. No, I think through. that's a good idea. I think from a fan i mean I, I would i would love to watch that but sometimes you know like people say oh, it's too much it's too much let's let's lay low let's forget about it don't do it again and um but i don't know disney's going to do as much as they possibly can as long as they don't think it'll hurt their bottom line their uh, primary motive isn't like how excellent the narrative is and how well considered the characters are it's just how much money can we squeeze out of this <laughs> it's all about the money yeah sadly but yes all right, boys, uh, anything else you would like to add to this conversation in Star Wars that we might have not touched upon and you want to uh, give your two cents on? Or have we touched on every single thing possible? Well, not everything. No. No, well, but I mean, we, we hit the, here for three hours, the identity but. politics thing with gendering and the new movies and the corporatism of Disney and how that is a th- Getting everyone liability. to Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland and oh. Disney World. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. How was that? Well, they even went as far as creating a comic book series to tell you the backstory to Galaxy's Edge. The ride or the what? experience. Well, the, the whole park that they yeah, built there. Yeah, right, okay. Because you, were, you were there just last, what? what last uh, December, month. yeah. December. Oh, December. Yeah. So, yeah, there was... Jealous. Even Jealous. Even they want to explain, they want to explain that planet uh, and, so, okay, and Black let's, Spire let's, Outpost. Let's go back, Mark. Yeah. How did, how did you get the... Like, Okay, you went there. Let's talk about this story. This, this is super interesting. I've never been. You've never been. It's new, right? I it's mean. new. How was it, man? It was, it was amazing. The Rise of the Resistance ride opened up, I think, three weeks before we got there. It opened, it opened August 29th, but that was only Smuggler's Run, the Millennium Falcon ride. So that's the only major ride that was open at that place up until December... First week of December when they opened up Rise of the Resistance. Yeah. Uh, and that is the spectacular, that's, I guess, Disney's most technologically uh, advanced ride uh, that they've made so far. Wow. You are in moving vehicles that are not on tracks. It's Disney's first trackless ride. So how does that work? It's all controlled by computers. These These carts move, I think we were... Three rows of four. We had a dozen people or were three rows of three. I, I forget. But we are just in, usually you're on tracks going through buildings, mm-hmm. uh, being led around to different scenes and experiences. This thing was, we were going up and down on elevators into different parts of the building. And uh, as we got off the, uh, the ride, I took out my phone to record these vehicles that are transporting people around, not on rails. 
And That's so insane. there's there's lots of technical glitches because when we got to the park at 5:30 a.m. in order to ride this ride, Ooh, it was a, a four, commitment. Yeah. Four a.m. It was a commitment for being there that soon to opening. Uh, 4 a.m. wake up call. Are you serious? We, yeah, I had to wake that up. Feels at like four. a March break trip. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and my family they yeah. stayed in the room. They said, "You're the Star Wars freak. You wake up at four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went with this other family. Good choice. <laughs> well done. And we had to be outside the park at 5.30 a.m. because during Christmas break, park opens, parks open at 6. So when we got to Hollywood wow. Studios, we all had to wait outside. They start letting us in before the 6 a.m. Um, rope drop to all the rides because we had to go on our app, the Disney app, mm-hmm. because what they had for Rise of the Resistance was a virtual lineup. So you have to log into their app and once six o'clock hits, you have to hit join line. And so basically you were given a boarding time later on in the day. So it might say you wow. might be in group one to 10. So you go there now. Uh, however, you could be in group uh, 98, which might happen at 5, 6 p.m. Okay. But that, but that is that uh, just a way for people to, crowd control. to line up? and Crowd, yeah, control, crowd yeah. control, yeah. It's basically so people don't line up all day just to go on that one ride. You can go do your... Other, Whatever you other want stuff. in other parts, go of the park. spend your money other, yeah. uh, in other places. You know, so yeah. they're controlling basically where where people are going to spend their money. Yeah, yeah. Why have people? You'll line eventually up get on the ride, spend money. Yeah. You'll eventually get right. on the ride and spend all your money elsewhere, yeah. buying droids and lightsabers, yeah. and then you can. Ride I mean, they, the ride. it looks good from the pictures you were showing me. They they really have this um, keen attention to, to to the details of everything, which is, I mean, it is what it is. It's it's for the fans. It's for uh, it's for the people who have grown with these these movies of this universe i think it's always interesting i i eventually want to make my way there right anna she's in the back there right not getting up at 4 30. no not getting up at 4 30. okay uh christmas present uh, <laughs> birthday present <Sure>. yeah. <laughs> okay eventually i'll i'll try to find my way to uh anna's reasoning and um so what else what, what okay from the park adventures that you had there what was the most uh like eye-opening uh, event there or, or what surprised you the most or what caught you by surprise? Like The attention to detail with how they planned all of these just things to astound you. When you're going through the ride, I know that Poe's X-Wing was somewhere on, on site, mm-hmm. but you have to actually be on the ride of the Resistance line and being taken from one place in the ride to another line to actually see Pose, you know, X Wing. That's we where, have it right here in the that's table. Where so you, you could have just come to X-wing. my house, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then and then the amount of uh money that they went in just for at, at one point when you exit a ship because you've been captured by the uh uh, by the uh, I'm the bad to... guys. Yes, the, the bad, bad guys. Yeah. First order, because they get first order. They keep yeah. changing from yeah. Empire to First Order. Okay, captured by the First Order. Our we door to our transport opens, and a woman in an Imperial uniform says, uh, "This ship is now captured by the First Order. Follow me." We leave the ship. And there's 50 stormtroopers. So they make this. They make you guys feel like you're in the movie, basically. And we've been captured, and we walk through hallways that are lit like the Death Star because we're on an Imperial ship. 
uh, and our, so when cool. we when we are taken off the transport, we walk into a room of about fifty first order troopers that we don't know if they're actors in costume or if they're just staying there in front of a huge what looks like a three-story video screen that's supposed to be an exterior shot of a Star Destroyer and TIE fighters flying like we're on the deck of a ship. What? And, and then suddenly one trooper walks to us and just says, follow me. And we have to follow him into the, into the other room, which has more troopers and more Imperial officers guiding us onto, so, uh, onto ships. So everybody that's on, on set, per se, yeah. they're in character. Oh, yeah. They never break character. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, and that's what's even scarier is even the vendors there uh, in in the stores. If you ask them, is this available anywhere else in the park? They say, no, it's not available off world. <laughs> and the guy in front of me says, excuse me? Uh, it's not available off world. You mean any, anywhere else in the park? She says, yeah. How many people do you confuse by saying these words? She goes, everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have, to, we have to say it. Well, they're being that's... monitored, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that's cool. So uh, you 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 can safely say that it was a, a worthwhile trip. Oh yeah, I wake for up at four a.m. again for that ride. Are you serious? Oh totally. We wake up at four o'clock uh, for me and stay in line for me because <laughs> <laughs> I won't go. <laughs> I love Star Wars, but man, four thirty, jeez, that's not for me, man. Well. Uh, anything else you guys want to add to this podcast? We've been running around for uh, for almost an hour, eh? Oh, the T-shirt. Yes, yes. This is. I mean, you're known as the T-shirt guy. Oh, right. Yeah, Mash up. This is Futurama Star Wars. Yeah. Futurama Star Wars. Yeah. I need to thank Tiago for uh, putting all of these pieces together with uh, his Lego expertise. He's been, by the way, I don't know if you've been. Uh, uh, watching or not? Have you been playing the game or not? I don't know. He was supposed to be doing his part. I I, I have no idea. If he worked for most of the yeah, time. Yeah. 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 Uh, so he was playing uh, the Star Wars uh, game in the background there. So he was doing his his job. But yeah, he put all of these together and all the ones he's got upstairs in his room. Um, so that was a cool little addition to the table today, guys. Thank you so much for having this conversation. Hopefully, oh, we'll uh, we'll be able to sit down and have a conversation about something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what it can be, but we'll 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 start talking about it and, and getting things going. I think this is a cool pizza night out, right on, uh, and some craft beer as well. You know, because it is late in the night and it we is. have to get uh, you know keep ourselves busy. Mm-hmm. For all the fans in the back, thank you all 103 for being That's here. Awesome. It was great uh, seeing you all here. Autograph sessions will be um, right after the uh, cameras go off. Yeah, there's an app where you can line up. For uh, the yeah, thing. just uh, try to log <laughs> into the app as soon as you uh, you get the notice, so and um, mm. and uh, we'll try. I mean, we'll we'll some favors, we'll you know. Subscribe. We'll talk to people that know people, and uh, we'll get a couple of uh, autographs for you guys. Um, I'll autograph your T-shirt, you autograph mine, and we're we're good to go. Right All right, guys. Thank you so much for uh, listening or watching this uh, Creative Spin podcast. Hope you guys liked it. Um, if we said anything that was really, really wrong, just put it in the comments. We will still read them and um, and take in all of the suggestions to correct our thoughts and ideas about Star Wars. But uh, please don't forget to comment. And, um, and may the force be with you. Yeah. All right, guys. And also with you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and also with you. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye. Ciao. Take care.